Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Women in Tech. Everything you need to know as a woman in tech and how to be a great leader and hopefully change the world one little leadership decision at a time. Today, I want to talk about a topic which is a bit more optimistic than the last couple of episodes. The last couple of solo episodes I've done, we've talked about difficult things. We've talked about inheriting a poor performer and also what to do when you inherit a crisis. But I want you to remind you that there are other things that are more fun in our leadership. Situations aren't always inevitably lost. And this is one of them. I want to talk to you about how to do the most extraordinary things because you are leading some high performers really, really well. Because you shouldn't just rest on your laurels when you have high performers. These shining stars need something from you. And that's what I want to dig into today. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. High-performing employees are the lifeblood of any successful organization. And if you've been a leader for a while, you will have experienced them. They are the ones you want to meet. They are the ones you want to have conversations with. They drive innovation. They drive productivity. They drive excellence. As a leader, it's our responsibility to not only attract this top talent, but to nurture and retain it. I have seen top talent being attracted and leave. I've also seen top talent wither because they aren't nurtured. So I want to talk to you about the unique characteristics of high performers, also sometimes referred to as high potentials. They are two different things, but they tend to apply to the same people. And also discuss effective leadership strategies to engage and motivate them and uncover the secrets to creating an environment where such people thrive. And by the way, that quite often results in other people leveling up as well when you do this right. If it's not done well, sometimes other people actually fail to thrive because if you've got really high performing people to get all the attention, that can be a little bit toxic. In fact, what we want to do is show everybody else how great things can be when you're a high performer as well. So what do you need to do? You need to understand, first of all, what a high performer is. You need to actually understand what it means to be a high performer. A high performer is that person on your team who goes above and beyond because that is not their job description. I, I really, because this gets under my skin a little bit where we're told that your job description is not your job, but somehow you need to do more than your job all the time. No, actually, a high performer is someone that goes above there and beyond their job description. They go above and beyond their goals to complete tasks. They take the initiative. So you do need to be comfortable with somebody taking initiative. And they're always, this is the bit that's really important. They are always looking to improve themselves and their team. They are always looking for how to go beyond. They're always looking for the gap in themselves and in their team. And they can be a little bit over negative at times towards themselves or their team. I certainly was that person. And that's one of the things we have to train out them. That might have been you earlier in your career. In fact, it might be you now. If you're hearing that and thinking, ooh, I'm very negative about my team <laughs> because you're always looking for what can be fixed. I certainly have that issue. 
I see problems. It's why I'm good at my job as a coach. I can always see problems. But it's very easy to then fall into negativity land. So look out for that in people. That might actually mean they're a high performer. And you've just got a little tweak to do with how they operate so that they don't focus on that to the exception of everything else. Your high-performing team members are those who are skilled at what they do and they demonstrate exceptional work quality. They're likely to be very proactive. They're likely to be innovative and they're likely open to challenges. They might be a yes person like me and they don't know how to say no. Indeed, a lot of what we're talking about here may well resonate with you because this might be you as well. If you're listening to this podcast, you are likely somebody who's ambitious and a high performer. And therefore, everything I'm saying to you are the qualities that likely resonate with you too. These high performers take accountability. They seek out feedback. They're not afraid of it. They're likely to be self-motivated, empathetic, and driven. Now, I've just listed a lot of different things. You're unlikely to have all of those qualities in a single person, but those are all hallmarks of a high performer. And what you want to do is make sure that they do have all the qualities by nurturing the things that are weak spots. So for example, many of the women I work with struggle to seek out feedback. They're scared of it. That doesn't make them not a high performer. And what we want to do is nurture that in them so they're more comfortable with seeking and receiving feedback. As a leader, your leadership role plays a pivotal role in cultivating and retaining high-performing talent. Your great leaders understand the importance of that clear vision that inspires and motivates. You understand the importance of giving regular feedback, of creating a work environment that fosters growth and innovation and make sure that people get credit for what they innovate in. But it's also about having that open line of communication. High performers thrive on feedback, especially positive, but also constructive. They want to know they're excelling and where they can improve. I would argue everybody needs to know that and they're all going to do better. But your one-on-ones with such people need to include growth opportunities, need to be demonstrating how they're going to stay engaged and stay motivated. Another key aspect with a high performer where some of us go wrong is empowerment. If you're new to empowering your team or you're a bit of a micromanager, dare I say it, we all have that tendency. And as I think at times, especially when things are a little bit uncomfortable or when there's a crisis like we talked about in the last episode, we need to empower the people around us. When we empower them, they're more likely to be excited to deliver. They're more likely to stay high performance and they're more likely to stay around. They're going to have a desire for autonomy. They want to take ownership of their projects, not just ownership of tasks. That means not solving the projects for them. <laughs> I've seen this too many times as well, where I've had somebody in front of me who's so frustrated. They've got a great boss in every other aspect, but they're afraid to give updates to their boss because their boss is going to jump in and suggest things. They're like, I don't need you to suggest things. I just need you to know where I'm at so I can complete the project. Your suggestions actually just derail me. So watch out for that one. Watch out for this. You've empowered them, but then you take it away by telling them how to solve the problem in front of them. They're not asking for it. Ask them instead, do you know what you need to do next? What is it you're going to do next? Don't say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Why are you not doing this? That removes their empowerment. You only do that when you're not trusting that they can do this. When you do that, when you allow them to make decisions within their area of expertise, you are going to boost their job satisfaction. But it also encourages innovation. You want your team solving problems without you. If you're always jumping in to solve problems, you're going to shut down their ability to think innovatively and think outside the box. 
Mentorship is a key component as well for maintaining this relationship with your high performers, making sure that they are seeking opportunities for growth, that they maintain that ambition rather than it being beaten out of them. Leaders who take an active interest in their employees' careers provide that guidance, mentorship. You're going to forge strong bonds. You're not going to encourage them to stay and contribute to the success of you, your team, and your organization. So what I could summarize everything I've just said with is that retaining high performance really is about guidance, showing vision, having open communication, empowerment, and mentorship. When you do all of those things, you're going to create an environment where your high performers not only choose to stay, but remain high performers, even as the rest of your organization up levels, they're also going to up level. One of the things that is very risky with a high performer, if you aren't doing these things, is that everybody else is going to get pulled up and they stop being a high performer because they haven't leveled up because you didn't give them the opportunity to. At that point, they're going to be frustrated and they're going to exit if they didn't before that. High performers are often drawn to organizations and leaders who can articulate a compelling vision. So you want to be demonstrating all the time how their work contributes to a larger purpose. It's your job to lead them on this. Let them make the decisions. Let them be empowered to do everything else. Your job is to provide that vision. Provide that more than anything. Once you've identified your top performers, though, you're going to want to make sure that you are leading and nurturing and supporting them as much as you do your underperformers. Your underperformers need a different kind of nurturing. But your high performers deserve this. And in fact, I found it's one of the most joyful things about my job is working with high performers. I'm very lucky to have a business where I am surrounded by high performers, both in terms of the women I work with who help me run my business and coach in my business, but also in terms of the women I get to coach, right? I'm just, I'm spoiled. (laughs) But it is such a joy to work with people who are high performers. But make sure you do work with them, right? You don't just leave them. You don't want to take away from them, but you want to make sure that you are coaching and mentoring them. Whereas your underperformers, you're going to be teaching a little bit more, maybe a little bit of mentoring, but mainly teaching. Your high performers, you are delegating, you're empowering, you're coaching, but they need as much time with you. It's just a different kind of conversation. Your top performers need that autonomy to get the work done. So they need time with you, but they also need to be given the opportunity to solve the problems without you jumping in micromanaging them. (laughs) They need flexibility. They need flexibility, by the way, to mess up too. Just because they're a high performer doesn't mean that they're not going to mess up. And I think it's really important to allow them to fail and learn from failure. Obviously, we don't want them failing on something really important, but allow them to make mistakes. Don't jump in and fix it because they're not going to learn from that. There is a danger with top performers though, that they can feel neglected and taken for granted because a lot of their energy is given to succeeding. But as a manager, your energy is given to the underperformers and the things that are not working well. So it's really important to make sure you're giving recognition that you're spending time recognizing them publicly, privately, and giving them opportunities for growth and just demonstrating to them that you are grateful for what they're achieving in the organization. Your top performers will always be looking to improve. They'll always be looking for promotion They're going to want to see that there's a route for them. And there is nothing wrong, by the way, in my opinion, of nurturing somebody so that eventually they do exit. What you do not want is a high performer becoming toxic because they've realized there's no future for them in the organization and you're not interested in them if they don't stay in their current role. 
some of the best leaders I've ever worked with have actually trained people sufficiently that they've had to exit because there was nowhere else for them to be. But they stayed loyal and passionate to the day they left. And then quite often they come back one day when there is a role. So be that person who lifts people up, even if there's not an obvious route for them in the organization. Be the mentor that says, hey, have you considered this in your career? Let's make that happen, even if it's not here. Be that person. Make sure you pay attention to what makes them shine, what makes their face light up. Ask them what motivates them. Extrinsic motivation, which is where it's external to us, is really, really important for many people. Most of us don't have internal motivation, which comes from within. Most of us, it's about other people telling us things that drive us in some way. So ask your team what motivates them. Allow them to work in a way that supports that motivation. Continue to have conversations with your high performers about how they need to be supported, about what obstacles are coming up, because they should still be stretched and growing, so they will have obstacles. This is often the area where our high performers feel neglected, because you should be giving them things that are making them grow, and therefore they will have things they don't know. You need to learn about their obstacles, any resources they need, any roadblocks. Just because they're really good at unblocking themselves doesn't mean they don't need you to provide the occasional unblock. But what you need to do is ask them what they need to have in front of them so they can move forward and solve this problem for themselves. Also have conversations about your high performers, about how they can contribute and how they benefit from that. Allow your high performers to work on projects that interest them, keep them motivated, but also that are about training the rest of your team. A really great high performer will bring the team along with them. They will be a shining beacon to at least some of the rest of the team of This is what's possible if we do what that person does. But you've then got to make sure you're noticing that and giving the new high performers the same kudos and credit. Let all your high performers know that they are open to challenges, that you will support them in those challenges, and that you're going to motivate that to help them stay. Finally, as tempting as it is to hold your high performers tight and hope they're going to stay forever, it isn't realistic or fair. At some point, they were going to want something bigger. And I've already touched on this. Don't be the roadblock that holds them back from doing it. Be willing to provide them opportunities for professional growth or open the door to them something somewhere else. Be the mentor that says, hey, it's time for you to leave. You've grown beyond this role. Be that person. <laughs> it is going to come back to you tenfold in the future. Lack of growth is a huge reason why high performers leave. But you want them to leave on the best of terms if you can't grow them internally for whatever reason. I've known companies who have not had opportunities for growth internally in terms of promotions, but there is so much opportunity in terms of stretching and IQ and innovation that people have stayed well beyond when they actually probably should have gone, but they don't regret it because they were still learning until the day they left. Because at the end of the day, money and job title aren't everything to everybody. They are important at times. And don't feel bad, by the way, if you leave for a job title or money should never feel bad about that. But sometimes people stay because they're still being challenged and excited. So if you can provide that internally, you might keep on a talent for longer than sometimes you otherwise would. The key thing is that they are still growing. They've still got skills to learn. They've still got things that are going to benefit them and the other rest of the team. They still are able to add things to their resume every year. And if there is something in your organization that's going to allow somebody to grow with that official job title, be open to it. Arrange a job shadow, arrange an informal interview, arrange a secondment in another business unit. Do what you can to keep this person motivated 
and excited. To ensure that you lead and retain these high performers, though, it's also crucial to look out for some pitfalls. One significant challenge is the potential for burnout. And again, this is going to resonate with many of you listening to this podcast, because I think many of us have experienced high performance burnout. We push and push and push. We push ourselves to a limit because we want to excel. It can lead to physical and emotional exhaustion. It's vital to recognize the signs of burnout in those around you. Increased stress, decreased productivity, health issues. If you want to prevent burnout, you need to closely monitor their workload. You need to be looking at regular one-on-ones, looking at their stress levels. You need to encourage them to maintain a healthy work-life balance, ensuring they take regular breaks, they take their paid time off and more if they need it. Offer assistance with time management. And I mean, that's a whole topic in its own right, as you all know around here. But most of us don't do time management well, especially when we're working really hard on something, we tend to overwork. You want to make sure the workload is distributed fairly, even though you've got this high performer who's prepared to take on the entire burden. That might not be good for them. Another potential pitfall is leading high performers into a place of neglect. I've already touched on this a little bit. It's essential to acknowledge and celebrate the performance of high performers. It's, and by the way, that means to publicly do it as well. Even if they're a little bit shy, there are ways to publicly do that that make them feel less uncomfortable. You need to make sure that in your regular one-on-ones, you're talking about progress and concerns and they, they have a voice. They need opportunities for skill development and growth, even though they're already a high performer. That all prevents jealousy and resentment because sometimes your high performers will become jealous of the training that you're giving your low performers. Equally, your low performers get jealous of your high performers. So it works both ways. Everybody, irrespective of whether they're high performing or not, needs to be recognized, celebrated, and given opportunities for growth. Every single one of them. What the one real, real difference when you've got a high performer compared to a low performer is low performers get primarily training and a little bit of mentoring. High performers get a little bit of mentoring, but more delegation and coaching. That's a real difference in how you're going to behave with them. You don't tell them how to solve their problems, but they still get the same kind of contact with you. If you recognize and proactively address the challenges and the opportunities with a high performer, as well as the rest of your team, you are going to nurture a culture of inclusion, support. You're going to motivate more than just the high performer. They're going to see that there's a benefit to being productive, benefit to being harmonious with each other. You're going to create this enjoyable workplace where everybody thrives and contributes. Quite often when you have a high performer, it snowballs into a team of high performers. That's why you get high performance teams not just individuals. When you have an individual and it stays that way, quite often it becomes toxic because there's something else going on. Your goal is to snowball it into a high-performing team. Effective leadership is essential for all of this because it is about listening, it's about developing talent, it's about delegating effectively and not holding on too tight, as well as still giving room for discussion and unblocking them. It's about having empowerment with your team, valuing autonomy and ownership of projects, while mentoring and coaching and offering growth opportunities is appropriate. You need to show that compelling vision so everybody can hold it and be excited about it. And more than anything, you need to be ready to let them go when they're ready to go. That's it for this episode. I hope you're excited about your high potentials and your high performers, and you're ready to build a team that is entirely high performers moving forward. I would love to know how you get on with this, I would love to know if you've got some high performers or you're struggling with that. Send me a message on LinkedIn and let me know or drop a comment in your favorite podcast player or on YouTube. 
Until next time, as always, stay in your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.